the Demon Dust Podcast, dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series, based on the works of Philip Pullman, is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. This is episode, what are we up to now? This is episode four, mm-hmm. and it is for season one, episode one of His Dark Materials. So the season has started proper, and we are here to review episode one, entitled Lyra's Jordan. And the we is, I am Travis Bryant, and uh, Rich Fan is joining me. Rich, what's happening? Not much. Looking forward to talking about this first episode. I know some of our friends across the pond have already seen it on the BBC, so we're a little backed up, but we're gonna we're gonna make it work. Well, we're we're not backed up. This you know this is we're on the schedule that they gave us. <laughs> well, we no, because we have people like Doc Bruce who were like, how did he finish like <laughs> a half hour before everybody? Because he got the BBC feed. Uh, oh, okay. Then, That's why we said the internet was kind to him. Oh well, where the heck? Yesterday, I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand it yesterday. So yes, so to, it's it's Monday night. Uh, uh, His Dark Materials episode one has just aired in the states, and it's you know twenty minutes after it's gone off. Um, uh, crap! I, I lost my thought. Um, you were talking about the BBC feed. Oh, 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 I was desperate yesterday and Sunday. So it had, I got home from work and it had all, you know, I got home from work at six. So it's midnight in the UK and it's aired already for three hours. So I'm like, it's got to be somewhere on the internet. And I tried my hardest. I, I, I remember there was a time in the late 2000s, early 10s, where I had a TV streaming sites on deck. I mean, on Deckington, I could have told, given you three and known exactly, like, well, this has more, you know, live, this is for live stuff, and this is for, you know, if you want BBC stuff, or if you want sports. I had all kinds of ways to watch everything. It didn't matter. And in the ten years, or, you know, at least six, seven, eight years since streaming has just especially as an early adopter and a cord cutter uh, way back it's gotten to the point where everything you wanted to watch it was in a place and you binged it this week to week stuff is uh, so I I looked everywhere I signed up for a BBC account (laughs) and and tried to watch it on the iPlayer and it was like the iPlayer cannot be played outside the UK idiot and that's what it felt like it, it was telling me I couldn't download it I tried everything I even went on like a peer to peer site I couldn't find it there I was just like Ugh. and after a while I was just just like gave up like oh well I, it's it's not meant to be you, to just, as a, just as a um, I don't want to help any of our listeners violate any copyright but I mean, you know 
people have told me, I've heard from various <laughs> sources, you know, uh, that you could get a proxy server that works well with you who use Chrome that'll switch your service to whatever country you need it to be. So, for instance, if there are shows on Netflix that they show in Canada that not here in the United States, Hit, it'll switch. look like you have a... Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a VPN. I, I haven't I haven't torrented since I've been in Texas. Um, that's you know I'm in my fourth year of living in, in Texas now, uh, so I, I just get everything's either on a. It's yeah, it's um, this is all new again. Like trying to find, but I think going forward, I, I'll wait. I, I like watching it on uh, on HBO first with everybody else. Um, it's gotta suck to be on the West Coast and it's six o'clock in the evening and you're just getting off work and it's live if you have HBO like HBO HBO East Coast or something if you you know mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're out there but if not you see everything on social media or you have to you have to go out of your way to avoid it and it's nothing new for them they it, this, they they get up at nine o'clock nine a.m. on a Sunday to watch the early football game and it's just right. a, a way of life of uh, on the West Coast and probably Mountain too. Um, but yes, let's uh, let's get into this episode. What a fantastic way to start this thing! I, I have nothing, nothing but praise for this episode, Rich. Like, I want I want to try to find so I'm not just shilling and just gushing for you know 30, 40 minutes about how great this thing was, but. Well, I have a way to kind of help that. Please. I had collated some of the comments I had read from uh, one of the sites we are both members of. Okay. And I wanted to get your reaction. All right. And I figured that would be a nice way for interaction so folks know we're actually using uh, some of their comments live. And maybe some of them will like that. Some of them won't. But <laughs> – Give out their whole name, where they're from, everything too. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me just—I have my notes set up here because okay. I want to make sure with these, uh, I, I want to have the names, like not necessarily the names, but I want to make sure I don't, you know, as I am known to do on the East Coast cast, or at least been accused to do, I don't want to uh, give someone a bad, uh, you know, a bad uh, setup as far as what they're doing. Okay. Okay, so the first one is it was in the spoilers and they saw the BBC feed and I'm not going to put their name out or do you want me to? No, 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 no. no. I don't feel like that's appropriate. Am I the only person that found the BBC adaptation painfully disappointing? I keep seeing amazing reviews and praise and how everyone is happy with it, but I was heartbroken watching it. The characters look different from the descriptions in the books and even have different personalities. The dialogue is dry and there's not much character development. They make up lots of pointless scenes. Example, the settling ceremony with the ring. Why? It wasn't in the books. There is so much more they could have included and explained that was in the books instead. Demons don't look like they're souls. You barely hear from Pan. They all look more like bad CGI pets. Why is the alethiometer square? It seems like they decided to take all the main features of the books and completely change them. Filming style and accompanying music makes it look and sound like a cheap BBC crime drama. 
Overall, it feels rushed and without love for the trilogy, but is a cold attempt to make a blockbuster TV show. I'm going to start reading the books again and pretend this adaptation didn't happen. So I, when I saw that this evening before the show, I was at a, I was at a, a dinner uh, for uh, at my day job, and I was like noted because I figured there was a lot there and I wanted to talk for this week. We'll just have this one person, but over the course, in addition to emails and other interactions from the fans, I want to kind of pull comments out and kind of see what people think. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, looking at this thread, <laughs> mm. just the number of responses, 198 comments. Yeah. And considering that's a, that's a good group. Like they're pretty, yeah. uh, uh, lively, but not, 200 comments in 13 hours lively. No, they, that was a how dare you. And for good reason. Um, character development? So what do you want to handle first? Look, 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 what do you the wanna, first yeah. thing that's popping out of me, out at me from the thread, character development? It's the first episode. There's not supposed to be any character development. <laughs> it's, that was... I mean, like, some of the stuff is just opinion. Like, oh, well, if that's right, what yeah. you think... But to say there was no character development, like, well, it, one, there was, like, just from start to finish, because the characters, because the story developed, so Lyra went from the the precocious, the precocious little scamp running around with Roger in the, <clears throat> in the kitchen area and getting on everybody's nerves and in everyone's way, to desperately looking for her friend, getting this... Uh, um, offer she couldn't refuse from Mrs. Coulter and having to and 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 leaving to and leaving Oxford to go to London. Like, yeah. uh, her character developed because the story developed. So mm-hmm. uh, that part is just preposterous. Um, but the pointless scenes, the the two added scenes that I remember, obviously the ring ceremony, mm-hmm. and and I even tweeted about the other one. Um. Well, I guess anything with Lord Boreal because mm-hmm. he's uh. Yeah, he just doesn't show up. Certainly, and not the and not not in the first uh, uh, few chapters. You don't meet. Him. Matter of fact, you don't meet him until London, and he's not even called that. Trying to to to. Yeah. Yes, they spoil free here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so that was anything with him was added to Magisterium. You don't get a that early of a look at the Magisterium. Again, it all, it all added and was and was fine to me. But the ring ceremony, I thought specifically, was so special. Like, how did you, like, how did you not enjoy the ring? Pointless, and it, just because it wasn't in the books. Like, well, okay. And and to defend the fact, a lot of stuff we're going to see and we're going to talk about it in terms of uh, relevance to the books. They had the author on hand and they have his permission and working in things that by their own admission weren't in there, but they needed it to flesh out. Because in a book, there are a lot of things that carry through, a lot of plot that carry through, through a lot of exposition, through introspective chats between Pan and Lyra. We can't necessarily do for a show that's going to be expressive and emotive. And and the other scene, the other added, just blatantly added scene that wasn't in the book was Azrael in the North, 
with Thurold, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. his, his manservant, uh, was on hand. Uh, and just a few other things they did differently when, like, the librarian isn't who comes to wake Lyra up to go see the Master of Jordan before uh, before she leaves with Mrs. Coulter. It's 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 a it's a maid it's a maid or some kind of like official like kitchen staff type you know person house person and I and yeah. I believe it was a woman and also it was five in the morning the sun hadn't come up yet it was very much done in secrecy like we don't you know like they didn't want anyone else in the college to know that she was what they were up to she was going to meet with the master of jordan before she left and probably in case miss colter had spy i don't know but like they didn't but again anything that was either different or added i thought made no made no difference and you could say well if it didn't make any difference then why do it okay that's fair or it added like the ring ceremony or asriel in the north in the north taking the pictures of uh of of the uh of the, um, you know, the photos. Oh, I'm sorry, of the Aurora Borealis. Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching Asriel and all of these things that we didn't necessarily... I mean, we didn't even talk about the very first scene that wasn't in the book, quote-unquote, which was the introduction and the end of La Belle Sauvage. Yeah, that's another added scene that they said, hey, we're going to pull from some of the later books. And he didn't mean necessarily in the His Dark Materials trilogy. He went out, they went outside of, they went to the Book of Dust uh, series, the end of book one of the, yeah, and, and, and used that in a totally appropriate and logical way that made all the sense in the world uh, to the story being told. Uh, and if somewhere down the line in five six years there's a there's a his there's a book of dust ser- TV series that they do, you know you can just work around season one of that or whatever they're up to however they number it. Yeah, you know you can. And if they're the, smart enough to do it with a cast standpoint, like we only saw. Asriel's side of it. We didn't see any of the care Alice. We didn't see. I was waiting you know, for Alice to show up. Um, and anyone who hasn't read the, his the 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 Book of Dust, either but me and Rich just finished Book Two, The Secret Commonwealth. But anyone who hasn't even read La Belle Sauvage don't doesn't necessarily know who Alice is. Um, and I'll try to keep it that way. But I was looking when she was running through the hall, yes, looking for Roger, and she's like, uh, "Mrs. Such and Such." I was like, "Oh, hey, I, re- I think I recognize that name." And she called someone else by their first name, and that was another thing I was keeping track of, like we talked about last week with Cassie, the hierarchy, you know, like who gets called Mrs. Mr. Master, sir, whatever, madam, whatever, or who just gets called Eric. Hey, Bob. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, Ted, uh, you seen Roger, you know? Um, so, so yeah, that, that was, that was really awesome. Uh, but I was definitely looking for Mrs. Lonsdale. Have you said, you know, oh crap, maybe that's even kind of a spoiler, but, uh, you know, have you seen Roger? And I was, yeah, didn't get it, but you know, I would say maybe, but I'm not sure if we're back in Oxford anytime, anytime soon. 
because she's off to London, episode one, right. you know, or for episode two. They are moving. In a in a in a in the the pace, I think is okay. Like I'm not uh, mm-hmm. like I think they fit a decent amount in for sure. Like that's if the first book is thirty five chapters, that was. Uh, that was a smooth three or four chapters. Yeah, and they left out a lot of the camaraderie and stuff with the other children. Mm-hmm. That was something that I don't think they... The, if you want to say the ring ceremony... But I really think they were trying to put the Egyptians over and really establish them as different. Their society is different from this mm-hmm. Oxford life, this buttoned-up academic life, this concrete and stone life like no we're water people we live on you know we live on our, we live on boats we move around we have a whole different set of values and morals uh, than the landlopers as they're called in the book and so so if you want to say well they could have established they could have used the children because a lot of the scenes of her and Roger hanging out with the rest of the uh, urchins and having the mud fight and that kind of thing. Oh, oh, when Asriel brought Lyra in to go to sleep and he's uh, looking on her wall of peeled paint that she has uh, the, the montage of the northern of, of the mountains and Svalbard and stuff. She, he sees a postcard hung that he wrote her and it says... You, uh, it was worded like in a fancy way, but basically saying uh, 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 your action, you, you stole Egyptian boat and that information has reached me. So I was like, oh, that, that was cool because the story they tell in the book about how uh, Lyra and her scamps stole Egyptian boat um, and like took the anchor up and let it just sail down the river, you know, by itself yep. and maybe crash into something. I don't know. Um, uh, so maybe they could have gotten Egyptians over in a different way or, or, or this, in a similar way that they did with the ring ceremony, but also put over the, the camaraderie that the landloper kids and the Egyptian kids had with each other. Because when Egyptians were in were in that part of town, were near Oxford, those kids were would come on, you know, hang out and go to the market and play and go to the fields and do kid stuff and they would hang out with the with the uh, landloper kids and they didn't get any of that in in this episode uh, or period if it wasn't in this episode it won't be uh, so they didn't get that over but I think the ring ceremony definitely makes up uh, makes up for it how are you how are you on Ma Costa I saw a few people uh and it's also in this in this thread. None of the people look like how they described. Like, is that is that is she mad that? Uh, See, I didn't want to. I didn't want to make it like you know what I mean. I didn't want to make that assumption. I mean, what else is there? Because the only person that doesn't mm-hmm. physically look like in a in a from like Ma Costa, I thought should be a little stockier, a little burlier. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A little burlier. Like Mrs. Potts. And, Not uh, necessarily English Felicity Huffman. Mm. You know, like I wasn't thinking of, uh, you know, cockneyed, you know, dirt under her nails, Felicity Huffman is Ma Casa. But 
but fine. But, you know, Father Corum is a black guy. Master of Jordan is a black guy. So is it, well, they're not described like they were in the books. Like, is that... Because other than that, what's... the? Everyone looks the part, except Ma Costa. That's the only one that just blatantly, physically, she looks different than... Vastly different, I should say, than my... um, in my imagination uh, built her up in my head and how she's described in the books. No, I was fine with it. And as Doc Bruce mentioned, uh, one of our listeners back when we do our stuff with the torch, uh, I, I, I love Doc. I'm sorry. But I, I love, well, I love Doc Bruce. He's good people, but I love the master because he played a very seminal character in the wire and i think he brings a level of acting just like everyone else in this series oh. that you really need to kind of get what you want out of this this series and i i i, I dig it everybody was acting their asses off all right i'm looking i have it on in the background now and i'm didn't notice the handshaking as the master poured the uh the yeah. poison into the shook. into the bottom of the the, the the canter, like like you understand that he doesn't want to do it, uh, that he's he he, he, he like 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 and then that and that uh, transfers to Lyra because she's like, you know, why is we, he- yeah, like should and then later with uh, Azrael, like should we still trust him? And even when she's in the in his office in the mor- the morning that she leaves for London with Mrs. Coulter, and he gives her the alethiometer, she's even like kind of being snippy with him because she knows he tried to kill Azrael, you know, tried to poison Azrael, and she but she can't let him on, let him know. But it, it comes across in her like she's good even as a as a as a kid. Uh, but I thought ev- everybody uh, in this episode bought, uh, just really bought it. And as far as the alethiometer being square, like, well, it's still a circle in the square. Right. <laughs> it's just literally the case that holds the compass itself is square. And, like, they don't have to do everything that... It's, that's not necessary. Like, that's certainly not going to be a, any kind of deal breaker. That's, no. That's ridiculous. So... No. Speaking of deal breakers and speaking of cast, you've seen her now live. You've mm-hmm. seen the first episode. What do you think of my girl, Ruth? Oh, she was tremendous. She might have been the best part of this episode. And I'm noticing, again, like when when, when Lyra sma- uh, smacks the uh, glass of wine out of Azrael's hand and he just instinct took over and he puts there like, like I will break your arm judo move but then when he realizes it's her he doesn't let go immediately he cinches nope. it on and goes tell me why you're here or I'll break your arm <laughs> and you my but, man, my, but my point no why chill. I'm bringing it up is because I as on the rewatch I have it in the background you notice Lyra's nails are all dirty you know she's just a uh, an urchin, like you know, she's jumping on on roofs and and throwing mud mud balls at other kids and stuff like that. They really got her got her aesthetic down, like wearing that same <laughs> outfit every day. Um, yeah. And they hit it home when they her when they were sitting at lunch and talking about 
hey, we don't have money. <laughs> what do we? He's like, we got dreams. He's like, but yeah. dreams don't pay the bills, yeah. girl. And Roger's like, how are we going to do any? We're both orphans. <laughs> so how, how are we going to get? We're both get, under. Get, uh, to, get to London. We're on like the, the, the free lunch plan here at the school. Everybody and, else got ice cream. And the last thing with this 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 particular complaint that I'll, I'll bring up is uh, yep. the demons being bad CGI pets. I, I mean, come on. I thought, like the one complaint I had that I looked for and I didn't have much of a problem with it was people, I saw multiple people complaining about background demons. Like everyone in the foreground has their, you know, has visible demons, but there are people in the back. I did not think that was true. Um, I thought there were some, I thought they did a a good job showing that the demons, especially in the the halls where they were eating, were perched up. Mm -hmm up on like because half of the people have bird demons the other have some kind of four-legged uh cat rodent type deal and it seems like uh, everything's built to to accompany that to to uh, um what's the word i'm looking for to um comfort that i gosh i can't yeah accommodate thank you accommodate <laughs> my roommate chiming in <laughs> he's like I'm tired of it here. Uh, babbling idiot um, but yeah so it, it's I think the fact that we might not see everyone's mouse or gerbil demon or snake demon they're, every single demon is not visible every demon is not like Lord Asriel snow leopard Boreal's demon we did not see and we know from the books it's a snake and he keeps it wrapped around his wrist his forearm so if he's wearing long sleeves, you don't notice he has a demon. Right. So I, I don't think just those few people that are, I don't, I just don't think they should get caught up in the, uh, everyone doesn't have a, it's a crowded, it's, it brings to the question you brought up on Twitter and I brought up in that group three months ago. How, how does public trans work in this world? What mm-hmm. if you have, I don't, you don't even have to get outrageous. I said a silverback gorilla demon, but Lord Asriel's snow leopard. That's a sizable damn cat that would need its yeah. own seat. It can't perch on your shoulder or hide in, in a pocket like a mouse or a moth or a butterfly or a snake can just or, or a ferret, you know, can just kind of hang out in your neck and your shoulder or on your head, whatever. No, a snow leopard needs its own seat and the great taboo uh, you know, small, small spoiler, but they'll probably get to it next week or hit it home. Is you're not allowed to touch other people's demons. The demons can touch each other, like humans can touch each other, but another human's not a human's not supposed to touch another person's demon. So if you're just on a flight, you know, an airship, Zeppelin, they call them airships. They don't call them Zeppelins, at least so far. If you're on an airship, just, you know, going from Oxford to London to, you know, whatever, for, for just to hang out or do whatever, <laughs> you know, you got to have all kinds of space for, for, for larger, even, even Mrs. Coulter's golden monkey. It's not a, a huge animal, but it need, it clearly sat, sat next to her in its own, like, seat. It wasn't so. And how does that work for sporting events? Like you're watching a soccer match, you yeah. need like a spot, and they can 
only be but so far away from you. I thought I had a bit of an issue when they showed that bird's eye view. Mm-mm. It was a bird's eye view of the hall that they were all like sitting down and eating or having an announcement or whatever. And I thought the perch that the birds were on were rather high. Like, oof, they're like an entire story above, above, uh, above their above their human. But, but again, that that's something that that can be that's probably malleable, and they could probably. T- extend the connection your demon has to humans in the show for visuals and and things like that Uh, because and it's not even because even in the preview they show a bird demon and you're not sure maybe it's Seraphina Pecola's or maybe it's maybe but I think it's Lyra's before let's how do I put it before the before the wasps Attacked, and Lyra was on a boat, and her and Pan was in the sh- in the form of like a seagull or something above the ship. You know, like very much above. So, uh, it, I, I, it's it's perspective, and it's we'll see when they define it in on TV how far gen- generally or relatively can a demon be away from its human? Because so far they've been. You know, like I said, uh, there's an entire st- story above in some cases with the with the birds in that in that hall. Right. Um, I thought I, I want to get your thoughts. I think you agree. This is a hell of a representative representative cast. Yes. And and like I said on Twitter, uh, uh, follow the show at uh, D Dust Podcast. By the way, as I said on Twitter. It doesn't feel like a pandering or focus grouped, like hmm, how many we did. how many Latina looking versus uh, 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 maybe a Central Asian look. You know, like they didn't go like, okay, well we need two of these, we need a dab of this, a dash of those. It's not some like '90s uh, uh, um, old Navy commercial where it's just like they literally were like, we need a black. We need two blacks, an Asian, and you know, a Puerto Rican woman. They didn't. It does not feel like that at all. Uh, no. And the and and I get the I get the vibes, especially just looking at Tony and Billy Costa, that the Egyptians, because they're so multicultural and multi-ethnic, not multicultural. The culture is the Egyptian culture, but but they're all multi-ethnic. Right. I think. I don't think like like Tony and Billy clearly have different fathers. Yeah. Right? And Billy's dad was probably a black guy or a dark brown guy. And right. and and Billy's dad might have been like some kind of Italian or something or some kind of like, you know, swarthy southern European. And yeah, so I'm getting the vibes from just looking at the sea of Egyptians that monogamy isn't exact, isn't uh, isn't the ruling uh, uh, relationship standard. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's being too spoilery, but having seen them and then see the seafaring people and how they travel, that makes a ton of sense. 
does it. I mean, I'm not fam- to me. Yeah, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be spoily, but to me, if you're a pirate and you're, it's kind of like you think modern days the 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 myth of the salesman who has a family in every town. If you're sailing the seven seas or however many seas there are in well, this world, they're not pirates, and that's they they travel. I, I like, mean, sort of folks, nomadically. Yeah, but they travel together as as a community as a family and they all are they're anchored in the fins but they go to Oxford every you know during the wet season or whatever I don't know however you want to call it they do travel up and throughout Europe but the fins is where their you know uh, their home base is but they are again nomadic in a sense. So, uh, but they travel like family. So I think it's just, yeah, no. You, I don't know if it's like uh, everybody's swinging. I don't want to put that on. I don't want to make it, you know, tawdry or anything. No, but I think I think it's more like not a sister wife situation or brother husband. Mm-hmm. It's they're just very they're very liberal about their relationships. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's definitely no, no shame that Ma Costa got. Yeah. Two baby daddies, to put it no. <laughs> crassly. It's like expected. Like, yeah, no, you're. But they're both Costas, so I wonder. It's it's interesting. I wonder if that's the case, or if that's just that's just how I'm interpreting it, because of I'm stuck on the visuals between between Billy and Tony and how they look. That might be it. Yeah, and either way, it's. It's not a big deal. Um, um, yeah, so continuing with the episode uh, specifically, do you have a, a, a favorite part of the of the episode? I really think my favorite part was the introduction of Lyra and how she has a mastery of Jordan and she's so precocious and just wild and everything you see from her is a person that is unfettered. There is no sense of fear, even though she doesn't have a penny to her name and she's there under the thinnest of protections in terms of who she is and what she is. Mm-hmm. So I really like that and I like seeing it on the screen. Like that chase through, you know, if we could borrow the the other HBO, uh, you know, since HBO is the, the American distributor for the BBC series. I'm thinking of the Righteous Gemstones where they have the song Misbehaving running around the house with a pickle in my mouth. This is like she is just being the most precocious even to the point where she's telling the master oh physical fitness is a part of the training yeah go bite. yeah <laughs> uh, uh, yeah yeah it's the line of you know sound sound body sound mind or something like that and, yeah and and you could tell it was something he told her to do right. to get her to go uh, you know do some pull-ups or play throw the medicine ball something physical that she just didn't want to do something regimented uh and she's throwing that line back at him and he can't do anything about it like god damn it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i i thought they needed to not need it but they didn't get across her cleverness in a 
they did in that scene with the master when she threw the line back in his face but she's a tremendous liar yes that is at times her worst quality and other times it saves her life over and over again because she is so good and so adept adept at at knowing what people want to hear and how to tell them right unabashedly yeah she can wind a a story give the just right amount of detail to make it plausible um, or just play dumb I don't know I don't know you know and that and that and that way she has um, but they didn't I don't I didn't get that from from this Lyra at least yet and I don't know if because she's going to be dealing with Mrs. Coulter and Mrs. Coulter is the the most clever right um, and I th- and I think we're going to be expected in episode two and, and potentially episode three when when Mrs. Coulter is kind of uh, which is trying to match wits with Mrs. Coulter and getting destroyed, and just because Mrs. Coulter's an adult and a scheming, you know, that's her business. That's her, it's her business. She's a cesspit of evil and more uh, 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 moral turpitude, filth, and whatever. Um, so I, I I think we're going to be expected to go. Oh, I see. But we didn't see Lyra being clever, getting over on adults, having her way. Again, we a little bit with the master, but having her way time and time again, and then she runs into Mrs. Coulter, and she tries her ways and gets shut down, like she does in the book, just gets shut down. Mm-mm. Not gonna have it. You're you're not gonna wear that purse. Remember, she wanted to wear one. She wanted to wear her uh, her her purse to that ball or, or to the to the dinner, and she's like, no, that doesn't go. You know, you you'll wear what I see you'll wear. Right. <laughs> and don't fight me on it. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> Sing the song like I told you. Mm hmm. Eat the cake, Adam, Annie Mae. Um, and also, they did get what they did get across that I, I'm not sure if I recognize so much in the book is the, diff, is the class difference with even Lyra and Roger. Like she, Roger yeah. had to bring her breakfast. <laughs> like, who yeah. is she to be bought breakfast? And, and remember, in in the beginning of book two, in the subtle knife, she doesn't know how to cook. She burnt her eggs. She's you know just kind of an idiot when it comes to just, just a helpless idiot when it comes to domestic things because she's she's lived in a, a college with maids and butlers and stuff and. Roger Parslow, who will bring her eggs and ham and sausage for breakfast. Um, so uh, uh, I always got, I thought of them as, then they're friends for sure. That's not to be mistaken. But there is an obvious class divide that I didn't, maybe I just didn't notice in the books that you can't help but notice in this episode when he's working in the kitchen she's doing whatever she's doing she's learning and being she's in school being taught by the librarian he's working he's covered in flour and you know delivering stuff and pouring glasses of water and all kinds of well i think and i don't know this might be so you give yourself about 
and we'll do this with the show as you heard in the first three episodes give yourself a, a smooth minute to kind of ignore us or fast forward if you have to maybe two minutes but this is exactly what we just dealt with with the secret commonwealth hmm. when lyra had to deal with her issues at the very beginning of that book it became clear she was on a level that no one else in jordan was accustomed to given that station remember she had the biggest room it was like right. twice the size of like she had basically and she was you, a, and if, she was nobody like she had no she right. wasn't anyone's daughter she wasn't um yeah but here she is being treated like she's a somebody and i'm sure that it had right. to be uh, uh confusing to some but but not really but it because wasn't though it was, because, yeah, because they were fine the everyone, new master was the only person that the well, a-hole in right, in the new in the commonwealth secret commonwealth yeah but everybody that it's it was and, and like that came up in the secret commonwealth a bunch we're family this college is you know when 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 alice had her issues eat, near the yeah. end, you know like she served this college for decades and so people understood who who lyra was and and even if they didn't know details, they just, that's just how it was. When Roger, good thing Rod, never mind. I, whew, I almost uh, opened my big old mouth. Mm. Uh, but it has to do with Roger just looking like a kid. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, there's one, like, when those, when, yeah, when he grows into those, uh, he's like a little kid that lost, that got his adult teeth way like way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like he should have baby teeth, but he's got these gigantic adult teeth and on this, you know, this little kid's face. Um, I love Benjamin DeRider being a, ma- a a prominent character in the first episode. He's uh. He was the black gentleman, young guy, who at Tony's ring ceremony like stepped up and gave a little speech. And he's also one of the leading searchers, uh, whatever, on the team look of Egyptians looking for looking for the ch- kids. Uh, and they also established that the Egyptians have lost 16 children. In the various Egyptian uh, communities and uh, call them tribes, I guess, for lack of a better, but yeah, like their their outfits, they've lost 16, 16 kids. They've got maps from you know the patterns are all the same. Uh, there's some people like Tony and Macasso don't want to believe that you know that it's an organized effort that it's just oh he's just lost Billy's just lost. Like nope, this is. This is uh, this is serious business. What do you think of Father Corum and John Fob being kind of? I think similar in age. They don't look. If if you said John Fob was older than than Father Corum, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. But in the books, Father Corum was like. Grizzled man with cane, with a, two canes, right. maybe uh, two canes, two walking sticks, and you know, 
and Farda Cor and and John Fa was going into battle. He was an older man and seen. He's like middle day, age as opposed to elderly. Was, you know, he could still you know kick some ass and and, and do some things in, on the battlefield. But they have him very close in age, if if not John Fa being slightly older. Any any issues with the with things like that? Does it does it? Do you, no, no. Okay. I don't think so, especially with the mindset of they're trying to do a trilogy. They're trying to do three seasons of a solid, like going with the BBC model. I think if it was going to go into the second trilogy, there might be issues just with timing up the ages to what projects out. But I think right now, that's not a problem you need to worry about. Well, I think the timing actually works out perfectly for what they want to do. They have season two in the can. They start filming season three which is going to be more than eight episodes. It's probably going to be somewhere between 12 and 15 episodes. Um, and they're going to start filming that within the next... I can't imagine it. They start in a year from now. So probably six to nine months, they're going to start shooting shooting uh, season three. And that's not going to air for years. We're not going to see season three. Season three theoretically might not end until, you know, sometime in 2024. Right. Maybe. Let's say 2023. I was going to say 22. I'm going to say 23. I'll split the difference. Say 23. And so four years from now, Daphne Keene is, is legit 20 years old. She's 16 now. Right, she can hit up the bells of I mean, she, um, secret commonwealth. She could play twenty year old Lyra. So if they if they wanted to get into a if this thing is oh no, I don't they, mean Lyra. I was just talking about like Fodder Corum, like those two guys specifically. Everybody else, I think, were fine age tie up, and and then you always have makeup and CG and you know whatever you need to do to get it to where it needs to be. But I just meant if you want to have that, they needed to have that age difference if you wanted to go into that second trilogy. But I think given where we are with book one, episode one, everybody fits what they need to be. Yeah. I'm looking at Lord Boreal's hair. He's got the shine. His hair is awesome. It's so shiny. And oh, and all the black people in here have natural hair. And I don't know. If, and there might be like some non-black people wondering. Well, how's that? Well, Lee Scorsby's got it. He got He got it. He got it uh, activated. He's the Puerto Rican. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's different. He did. <laughs> Nobody ever think about, yeah. No, it's you know, damn well. That's that's us. That's our culture where that's a a, a big deal. But that might not people non black people might be wondering like, what was that? What does that mean? Like, why? It's a it it means a lot. Um. And and it seems like yeah, I don't see a bunch of I don't see no perms and relaxers. Uh, I see afros and you know, afro puffs and buns and yeah. It's especially, I mean, and you would imagine that among the Egyptians, but even uh, the Master Jordan, he's got his, you know, blowout with his gray streak in it, and yeah, you know, he got his afro pick in the cut somewhere. And now that I re, as I've rewatched this scene, this dinner hall scene with, uh, and just just to put, I want to put some respect to my dude Lin Manuel's name. He is like also black. Is he? Yeah, his ancestors were like runaway slaves who fled to Mexico. 
and then relocated to Puerto Rico. Oh. Yeah, that's why he made – yeah, like, it is – why his story is wild about his family. Okay. So, yeah, that's why I was like he was dying laid to the side. I was like, okay, <laughs> but now <laughs> he got that good hair. Him and uh, – uh, what's that comedian that always has that hair? He's like, pimp down, pimp down. Oh, Cat oh. Williams. Cat, yeah. He got that Cat Williams hair. Yeah, we don't see too many Cat Williams is running around. Everybody's, uh, you know. Maybe in our world. Oh, wait a minute. We got a t- quick timeout. Hmm. I mentioned it in Twitter. My God, that open. That is everything. Like, I know this. Yeah. I know this is a BBC series, but that is an HBO open. Because the scene where they have the dust falling and then they show the perspective of all of the worlds. Like when you were in uh, uh, when you were in middle school and you had to make one of those uh, uh, farms or striated like experiments where you have like the dirt, the silt, the sediment, oh, and all like that. A, 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 ter- a geranium, a terrarium, terrarium. Yeah. yeah. But they did it with the different worlds, and you just saw it for a second. Then it turned it on its axis. That oh, that blew my mind. I'm uh, again. It's on in the background. What they did get right with. That sounds like I like I think they got a bunch wrong. What I think they got spectacularly right um, with the relationship with Lyra and Mrs. Coulter is is Lyra's utter fascination with this woman of obvious standing and culture and 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 place in society. Like she's commenting on, "Are you a female scholar?" It's like, because female scholars don't dress like you. <laughs> right like this woman is glamorous her hair is did she's wearing like this velour outfit. outfit with like sparklies it's yeah and, she, and she's gorgeous and yeah it's just and that golden monkey just exudes you know uh, you know something at least and her just wide eyed have you been to the north are you an explorer like they got that really down like so when she asked her I want you to be my assistant I like you would you be you know I want to give you my position a position as an assistant and Lyra's eyes widen she's like yeah okay I'll do it like not even thinking I get the travel and I get paid not even thinking I met this woman an hour ago and I'm about to go to London and be her assistant what creepy (laughs) but you know it's all it's all it's like a special episode of different strokes oh boy but it's it's all yeah it's all taken care of and yeah just knowing the story and just yeah how she just Mrs. Coulter just swoops in at the right time and and oh she goes when she says have you have you met an have you met an armored bear she goes I've negotiated with them and like oh my god yes you have you you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't say anything. But um, yeah, it's like ooh, way to way to way to drop that, way to drop that uh, little nugget. But um, but yeah, just to wrap this thing up, <laughs> fantastic episode. If if that hasn't yeah. come across, I'm looking at Pan as a as a as some kind of Martin Martin Roden thing, and. CG pets is just so. It's tough to nail down. 
That's no, 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 no. I'm just saying what the, the, the woman in the group was complaining about. She called them CG, bad CGI pets. That's so disrespectful to how good they actually look. Yeah. Like when he, when the de- when the master of Jordan's demon was, which he was a crow or, or a raven, but a, a black bird, with a pretty long beak. So I think a raven. I think crows have short beaks. But he's mm-hmm. like urging him to put the poison in. Like do it now <laughs> you know and his hands are shaking but i was just like the interactions with the you know the demons and their humans i thought was was spot on was good um i i thought everything about this this complaint that homegirl here had was uh was just uh a bunch of crap so But uh, yeah, so any 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 uh, final words? You know, did, what? Oh, talk about the uh, the preview for next. Well, it's it's a preview not, for season one. It's basically, a preview for yeah for the rest of all seven episodes coming because they showed stuff that you won't certainly happen. You know, they show Lyra falling out of the balloon like that's not for a while. Um, and then they also showed her and uh, the the delightful scene one of my favorite you know even though the movie wasn't necessarily the best thing yeah. there are some things that but but the scene where she is running away from miss coulter's monkey and it's the terror as she realizes that pan is being like held down and the pain that she felt like that just in that flash where they showed it well, being they able show, to see that they show the, the monkey's crouching on the like ready to pounce on the couch or something and Mrs. Coulter flinches like get him and he springs and jumps on the pantaliman and pins him down and Lyra hits the floor as if she was the one pinned mm-hmm. to the floor or, or being attacked and so uh, yeah they they definitely uh, they definitely um let you know because they didn't do much of that in this episode if anything they didn't they, they, like the connection with them and their demon is there and they talk to them and it's whatever and they gave the nice little uh they gave a really good um it's not exposition if it's written is it but they they gave uh, that kind of not a disclaimer at the beginning like the demons are are an extension of in this yeah world. This, the, the, the the scroll yeah that yeah. was a really good scroll. That, they, they they packed a lot in that and then the scene the scene from uh, uh, as Lyra as a baby like they got so much across in two three minutes. Um, <laughs> what about Lyra at the end going? What did he say this thing does? He, she asked Pan, or Pan asked her, and one of them they responded. It, it, it tells the truth. <laughs> she opens it and goes. Tell me where Roger is. She just yells into the into the alethiometer as yeah, if she's it's, like, as if it's going to say it, as, <laughs> as if it's going to say back to her. Oh, Roger has been kidnapped by the gobblers. He's currently yeah, it's like on star. He's currently in a van. Give me the Dairy Queen. <laughs> so <laughs> why don't you just tell me who you're <laughs> looking for? <laughs> why? Don't you- why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? <laughs> oh man, yeah the the this title sequence and the or I'm sorry not the title sequence the preview 
for 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 this coming season looked tremendous. I thought you, as I said on Twitter at the D at D Dust Podcast, as I said on Twitter, Euphor Ragnarsson is a self-loathing piece of garbage. But my goodness, did he and his squad look bad? ass in all their shiny gold armor that you know if you're true bear you know was a bunch of crap anyway but uh they looked good and she opens up that room and he's sitting on that throne I can't wait for the interactions how she has Euphor Ragnarsson eating out of the palm of her hand that's uh then that's that's they bet that's gonna get across her cleverness cause they need to start establishing she's a fantastic liar because if we because there's not going people aren't going to believe that she's able to do that in that situation with Euphor Ragnarsson later in those books and later in the season if they don't establish her as a tremendous liar and someone who's just thoroughly quick on their feet. Silver Tongue? Yes. Her yes. She gets named Silver Tongue at the end of at the end of book one, so you don't get named Silver Tongue for just being some dirty hey guys. go along, get along girl. Yeah. So. Oh, so Friday just chimed in uh, on the IM, and she says, uh, "You two are representing America. Almost all of the American reviews that have gone up have been whiny." Oh yes. man. That's a them problem, not us. <laughs> it's like, and for those of you who listen to us with the torch stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you can watch Raw. I, that's the decision I came to. You can watch Raw. You can watch SmackDown. You can watch AEW. You can watch MLW, Impact, even Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like what you're watching, why are you watching? Well, to be like, fair, it's there's no need to hate one. watch. Yeah. You know, but if, so but a lot of people, I can tell you from reading the articles going into today, when I was on my lunch break today, a lot of folks were already like, I, can't, I think this is going to suck. Oh. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Okay. Uh, as if on cue, we just got an email from Dr. Bruce <clears throat> titled uh, Mrs. Coulter. What, oh, it do, what it do, family? The, sh- the show is fantastic. I'm, I'm going to assume he's talking about this show, and but, but, but no inside he's talking about the TV show. Well, I mean, Doc Bruce is from the future, so he's like that point you just made about right. Lyra. <laughs> like son of a. Exactly. He says my partner says she's much more into this than the movie, and we'll be watching it together. Well, that's, uh, that's not. Yeah, I would you hope know, so. Theometers together. Determines the future of the mankind together. Wait, wait, never mind. We'll workshop that. He continues. Aside from the excellent cast diversity, there was one quick scene I wanted to highlight and see if you agree with me. When Mrs. Coulter is talking to Lyra about coming to London with her, Lyra asks to bring Roger. And shit, did you not? Did you see that subtle yet distinctively evil look that came across Mrs. Coulter's face? Yeah, it's actually literally on the screen now. Uh, uh, she she just came from the Master of Jordan, and Mrs. Coulter is in her nice trench jacket. It's not even a coat, but she's like, "Do you care for this boy?" And so I I must have just missed it when she first asked her. But she's playing her 
you know, we'll get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. thing. Oh, this is this is later. I'm sorry. This is when Roger's already missing. He's talking about when she uh, when she asked when she first asked. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says. When Mrs. Coulter is talking to Lyra about coming to London with her, Lyra asks to bring Roger. Oh, oh, I said right, right there. She says, that is exactly what I was hoping to see from Ruth Wilson. Love it. And looking forward to her portrayal so much in the coming episodes. Thanks, as always, for taking my email. Um, Bruce in Seattle. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say Ruth Wilson was the best part of this episode. Like, I could no. be talked... Like, if you said, no, it was Lyra, or it was Azrael, or it was the Master Azrael was close. I would say, like, if this is, like, and maybe we can do this every week, give, like, a power rankings of our top five. <laughs> I'd go... Who won the week? Yeah, who won the week? I would say it would be Ruth Wilson. Mm-hmm. I put Azrael second. Lyra 2B. Mm. Uh... And then I would give the field the rest of them. Like, I really couldn't fairly judge the rest of the cast this week because those three were shining the brightest. I thought of the demons. I thought Stelmaria of uh, Azrael's demon and and Pan. Uh, and also the Master of Jordan's Hawk de- or, 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 or Raven, Raven demon. I thought they had, they were the best demon representations you didn't get a ton of Roger's demon talking and I think that's again just his standing his his part or his his part his his place I should say mm-hmm. uh, he didn't get much with the uh, with the golden monkey but he doesn't talk at all in the books so you're not going to get anything more than a hiss or a growl. He did notice Lyra shuffling in her pocket with the alethiometer. Mm-hmm. He didn't see it. He just knows something. She's got something and it's important to her. What have I got in my pockets? Mm-hmm. Which, because she's looking. So Lyra waits for Mrs. Coulter to look down at her notepad before like adjusting the lithiometer in her pocket but the monkey's still there like I, 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 like that was kind of a silly move like well why aren't you like you know the, the world you live in there's two there's two sets of eyes looking at you right so I, I don't know if that was just just a miss but also that might be a little bit of because of the insular nature of her life and growing up she's learning to be more wary where you're saying that and that's something that's obvious to us having been like viewing the world as readers and now viewers for a second time around mm-hmm. for her as a kid that sort of naivete is it shows the carelessness of her even with them running around depending on how quick pan could have caught up i thought there was going to be a quick thing where she like goes too far and catches a quick uh, oh yeah. that's my bad no like, the, because if they the, did it the, that the, way they wouldn't uh I wanted it to be the Damon version of Anna Oop. Anna Oop? No, because if they did it that way, I, the, there's too many, too much of the audience that doesn't know what's happening would, would, uh, wouldn't understand what was happening. So that's something that they have to ha- establish. Because the way they established it in the book, they talked about it, and the narrators talked about how they, they, they would stretch the limits of their link 
until they could take it no more, and they they would give a they would give a general distance, like you know, if, you know, twenty feet, however, whatever, and they, until yeah. they could take it no more, and they would rush back into each other's arms, you know, not crying, but like oh, oh the relief because it, it it physically hurt them to be to be away from each other at that distance. Uh, and but the narrator says they tested the lengths the sh- the lengths of their of their connection like all kids do. Like you go and you see, okay, stay here. I'm gonna walk away. I'm gonna walk away. Oh, oh, I'm starting to feel it. Oh, it's getting stronger. Oh, I can't take it anymore. <sighs> and you run back into each other's arms. Like that's just a thing you do. Like you do with other things. You see how far you can. Uh, and you kids, know, see how far you can take things before you get in trouble. No, no, I just mean with your personal body. Like how, how far can I, uh, you know, put my hand in this thing and it hurts, but ooh, okay, I can take that. I can take that. Ah, that's enough. That's, that's that's too much. You know, you do stupid stuff like that as a kid. Doing probably, wall sits and probably isn't all sorts of crazy things. Kids, probably yeah, an adult too, but yeah. Um. There is a, pre- a scene in the preview that's happening later of Ruth of 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 Mrs. Coulter screaming because first they show Yurik scream rawr, growling and then they cut really quick to Mrs. Coulter screaming and you see like this line of spit going from the top of her mouth to the bottom and it's like Stephanie McMahon when she uh, when when Triple H left her at the altar. Uh, 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 when she when she uh, faked like she was pregnant to not the altar it was the renewing of the vowels, uh, v- vowels vows, vows. <laughs> vow vow renewal uh, ceremony and Triple H pedigree events and at and as the show went off Stephanie had that, that, that extreme close up and she goes ah! and you just see the the line of spit <laughs> going from the top lip to the bottom it was just such a great visual and then they. They they replicate that in a in a way uh, for Mrs. Coulter later in the season. Can't wait for that. But yeah, so I guess that does it for us. I think we've gushed and uh, uh, certainly didn't whine. You ain't hear me whine. Mm-mm. This was a fantastic episode. All the thumbs up. Um, it sucks that we have to wait now for t- <laughs> you know till next week. Yeah. Um. I'm going to still try again to watch it Sunday night if I can, and then watch again Monday and live tweet Monday like I did today. But because it's tough to live tweet when you got to look down at your phone and try, and try not to miss something, you know, of uh, of note. So, um, thanks everybody for for listening to this here show. Uh, please uh, follow us on Twitter at Dust Podcast. Shoot us an email, be like Dr. Bruce, and shoot us an email at ddustpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you could, uh, if you want, you can drop us a voicemail on our voicemail line at 415-787-5229. Um, yeah, so you have three unadulterated minutes to, uh, to ask us questions, post comments, rant and rave about the show he preys upon us whatever you want to do you got three minutes on the voicemail line to do it if you want your voice heard on this here show so those are all the ways to get at us twitter email voicemail so please do
do at least one of those things, but a combination of the three would would be uh, would be great. So, if you uh, if you have nothing else to say, Rich, I'll wrap this thing up. No, I think that was good. We did it. We didn't go three hours either for the first episode. How about that? We kept it. Well, it's I think we're post episode recap at about an hour, uh, and we're definitely good for recapping an out. You know, going two hours on a show that only lasted an hour. <laughs> How do you do that? Or that old ECW recap me and Dre did back in whatever seven hours later oh eight oh nine they're like the episode without commercial is 44 minutes but this audio went 88 minutes like how what did y'all talk about <laughs> so all right on that note thanks everybody for listening please interact with us C- comment question do all the things and uh, leave five stars we'll try to read them oh yeah uh, yeah yeah if you wherever you wherever you listen to this if they allow um because not all Google Play and Google Podcasts, I don't think, has a rating system. But I think, um, obviously, iTunes and Apple Podcasts does. And I think Stitcher does as well. So if you're on a format, if you're on a platform, I should say, that that, that allows rating the podcasts you listen to, hit us up uh, with a five-star review. Write a little something. Hey, these guys are great. I love their insight. Whatever, however you feel about us. Um, leave it there. That helps the show, helps people find the show. Um, and please get at us on Twitter and email and voicemail. We want to hear from y'all. We don't want to be. We don't want to live in our bubble. And um, so. yeah, we might miss something. You might might see something we don't. Mm-hmm. And as you can probably tell, for um, for for our American listeners, if you want to get your email in for the episode that you just watched, if you watch live, you got to be like Doc Bruce and get that thing in within within an hour of the show ending that that way we'll probably get to it by the end of uh of our recording so um so yeah so but but if you did if you do miss like if we've already recorded and you still want to send us an email about the previous episode that is obviously still encouraged (laughs) and that's probably what's going to happen uh more likely than not because it's 2019 I, I, most people aren't watching things live. They just aren't. That's just, yeah. Hey, Kimmit, now my little demon's making a, her appearance. So okay, um, get at us, find us, talk to us, email us, tweet us, do all those things, and get uh, y'all next week. So for Rich Fan, I'm Travis Bryant. Thanks for listening. Dust Podcast is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II, and is produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.